Welcome, everybody. We're back from hibernation. This is the Behavioral Investor. Uh, today, we have a guest all the way from Slovenia, Žiga, from the Irrational Retirement blog. Tell us, Žiga, about your passion and what made you start the Irrational Retirement blog. Okay, first, uh, thanks both to Will and Ben for uh, having me on the podcast. Always good to connect with like-minded people and share my views. My name is Giga Vigentin. I come from Slovenia, as Will mentioned. I run the Irrational Retirement Block as my hobby, I can say. And for my work, I work in one of the largest private pension funds in Slovenia, called Pokojninska Družba A. So basically, I'm now there in 10 years in the pension fund industry. And one of my main tasks in my job is analyzing and, and also to turn around various behavioral biases that prevent us to save for retirement and basically to turn them around and to help our members save more for retirement, invest more smartly, and also decumulate their assets in a probably more prudent way, I could say. So this is my focus and probably this is what we're going to talk about today. The first question that springs to mind is the provocative name of your blog. Is there something that's irrational about retirement or preparing for retirement far into the future? To sum it up shortly, yes. And I could say my guess is that saving for retirement is one of the areas that is most influenced by various behavioral biases and rules of thumb and other things that influence our behavior. And retirement is something funny because nobody cares about retirement, if we're really honest, until the day we retire or just a few days before it. Nobody cares how much public pension we will have. Nobody cares how much assets we have in a private pension plan. Do we even have a private pension plan? And, and this is something that changes instantly, I see with our members once they hit retirement. Then it's a matter of basically life and death, if I exaggerate it a bit, but not even that much. How much assets I have? Uh, what's my uh, income from public pension? Will I be, pay, uh, will I be able to pay um, nursing home if I need it or, or, or medication and something like that? So I think that when we are young, I'm also now in my starting to enter the 40s, we just, we, we know we all have millions of other things. Uh, our kids are growing up. You need to buy a bigger house or an apartment, cars, vacations. It's we're bombarded by millions of things that we need to buy to be happy, to look cool. And retirement just isn't, isn't on top of my minds or on top of my peers. Um, I think about it because I work in a pension fund and I'm a little bit weird to everybody else. But speaking to my peers, it's not a topic people really talk about. It's not a topic they're passionate about. People are passionate about other things. We're, we're passionate about it. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, we are, we are a strange bunch of people, <laughs> we could say. Yeah. Here in Australia, we have the superannuation where people, when they have a job, there's a mandatory 9.5% that is put into their fund. They're not able to access until they're 65. What's the regulation in in your area of the world? Mm -hmm. In Slovenia, we have now for 21 years also private pension funds. Uh, they are DC funds, similar to, to your funds or in the US or UK, but the enrollment is voluntary. So basically, 
person um, needs to decide or an employer needs to decide to have this for their employees. The government offers tax incentives for contributions, both for individual payments and for employees to have this for their employees. So it's tax really beneficial. Mm -hmm. But as we know, tax incentives have unfortunately a really, really limited uh, influence on people's behavior. So in Slovenia, roughly now after 21 years, 60% of all employees are enrolled in pension plan. And what's really interesting that 98% of them are enrolled via their employers, which again confirms that people on their own don't save for retirement. So we have a really, really, really small amount of people who on their own decided I'm going to pay every month for my retirement. I'm going to get a tax incentive for it. And tax incentives are quite big. For let's say, if you have a higher salary, if I pay in the fund 2,000 euros per year, I get uh, with the income tax 1,000 euros back. So it costed me 1,000 euros to have 2,000 euros in my saving account, which is a fantastic yield if you transform it. But nobody uses this tax incentive. It's if I pay 2,000 euros in a pension fund, when the income tax return is the next year, I get 1,000 euros back if wow. I have a higher salary. Is if I have a lower salary, I get like 25 to 30% back. So you get it back. So it means the 2,000 euros costed me only 1,000 euros. Ben was asking if there's a cap on that. Yeah, it's a cap a little below 3,000 euros annually. Okay. You can pay more, but, but you don't get these tax incentives. Sure. But as you see from the numbers, only a few tens of thousands of people in Slovenia use this. It's really advantageous, but, but doesn't convince anybody. So most of the people in Slovenia save via their employers and also the employers pay the majority of contributions. Yeah, yeah, I'd say it's, it's the same in Australia. Yes. So there's three sort of issues that I, I feel like are, are things we could cover from here. Um, you said that there's a small number of people who voluntarily start their own uh, pension savings accounts. So it will be interesting to know if there's something about the nature of those people or the cognitive biases that they've defeated that sets them apart and how we can learn from them. Another issue is you said you work for one of the largest pension funds in Slovenia. In our, our chat before starting, you said that gives you unique access to a, a large amount of data. You also mentioned that you've done your master's using this data or the position you have at, at this firm. So I wonder if you could use your experience at the firm and your master's to help perhaps explain why that unique set of people exists that have the foresight and the capacity to defeat whatever psychological issues others can't defeat? Yeah, that's a really good question and a good combination. I went looking many times what's the difference between these people and if there are any common characteristics of them. So I would say generally of these groups, we have a sample here in our company. So when I looked at it, some conclusions are they are in most cases have higher salaries, higher education. This, I think, can show two things. Because of higher salaries, they have a higher tax incentive because this tax incentive is 
is uh, dependent on the income tax bracket in which you are. So the higher you are, the more you get back. So the highest one gets 50% back. So this is one thing. Also, when, when, when speaking to people, and I go a lot too because we have corporate clients and I go to all of them every year. I speak to employees there. We have seminars there. So I really speak to from, from the working guy at the production facility to the CEO of the company. So I always go to everybody, go to the trade unions to really get a feeling and to also explain our, our product to everybody. So I think also with higher education and higher salary, there's a bigger knowledge of tax incentives, just the awareness of it. Mm. Because also, if you're honest, I would say most of the people do not understand how income tax works. Mm. Because you pay little of the advance of income tax, and then once a year in Slovenia, you get it back. It's probably similar in Australia. I know it's similar in the US. Mm. So just the concept of it is unknown to most people. Because most people just think I pay regular taxes and contributions every month and that's it. They don't understand that you have certain tax incentives. In Slovenia, you have also tax incentives if you have children, if you, I don't know, drive an ecological car or something. You have certain tax incentives that lower your income tax. And mm. one of them is also contributions to the individual pension plans. So if you don't even understand there's an income tax or how it works, it's tougher to understand these tax incentives because it's not easily explained. And also there's a certain lack because I pay contributions now and mm. the return I get is in the next year. So I don't get this connection, you know? We need to have an alarm there. That sounds like delayed discounting. Yeah. 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 The reward, you know, I pay the whole year yeah. and I get nothing back. Hyperbolic discounting. Yeah. When we interviewed Merle van den Acker, she she told us like four different types of discounting but that's yeah. basically been uh, we've been aware on our podcast at least since the second episode when we interviewed a clinical psychologist he actually gave us a formula on another episode ben and i actually worked through that formula the whole basis for our podcast was this spreadsheet that ben and i came up with where after three generations, you get to a billion dollars with some fairly decent annual contributions, but with a, also a fairly basic compounding rate. The point was that the delayed discounting formula makes that $1 billion in 108 years feel like only $10,000 now. And that's why nobody really gives a damn. This is also one of the biggest drivers why people don't save for retirement, because I contribute every month. And for this, I promise you, you will have a big retirement nest egg after 40 years. Right. It's, 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 it, I don't have anything from this today, any yep. gratification, unless you're really weird like us, you know, because you, or some people like, like look at their savings balance and feel good about it. But most people don't. So, so it's, it, yep. it's a really tough one. And here in the tax incentive, you see even one year is too much because people just, we explain to them how the tax incentives work, but they're paying it for like six months and still they don't get nothing back. And then they think, ah, this is again another scam or something. And then after one year, you know how many members call us or mail us? You know, I really did get that back. And we say, well, yes, because it's the law and it's like regulated, but they're super surprised. They, they see it as an extra kick, you know? Oh, we really did get something back. 
and there's also a formula. Let's say we in our company develop a really easy app for your mobiles. You put in your salary, you put in how much you will contribute, and it calculates to you exactly to a cent how much you will get back the next year. Because we tried to, you know, ease this calculation for the people. But it's still people just don't, if they don't get it, they don't believe it. So you touched on when you talk to the workers around the about these situations or this benefit that they could get. I want I have two questions. One is what was their feedback to you? What did they actually say back to you generally? And then also the second question is what's the general level of trust? trust in the government in from the workers do they trust the government is still going to be in place that they're not going to change the rules around pensions that the um the general government stability is in place in slovenia or is there a, a bit of distrust generally yeah i would say trust is a key word when it comes to saving and investing because end of the day people need to trust us this money will be waiting for them once they will retire so regarding institutions, I think in Slovenia, its trust is quite high and it's quite, uh, we have a stable democracy now for 31 years. It's a well-regulated Western type system. Regarding this, people don't have major doubts that there, there would be some major systemic changes. What are people really sensitive about? Like every country in the West now has pension reforms every few years, every, let's say, 10 years. And people are, we see are really sensitive about them because in Slovenia, usually when we have reforms of the private pension system, they're combined with reforms of the first pillar of the public pensions. So we see whenever time, even there's a smaller change, it really upsets people. When they start saving, let's say we have members who started saving 20 years ago under certain conditions. When we started, uh, there was a condition that people could take out their assets from private pension plans after 10 years when they started saving. They could be paid out as a lump sum, which of course wasn't the best idea. Now looking back, and most of the people did this after 10 years. But then the legislation in 2012 changed and basically disable this option for all new members. And we see now how it impacted the old and the new because there's now a certain, nobody knows in which category they fall. Uh, it's a bit mistrust because now everybody says, oh, maybe when I will retire, you will change the rules again. So even a small change that is for the benefit of the members reaps huge distrust. And then we see this is really, really problematic because people are ultra sensitive when it comes to how they can access their savings and, and what's their state, which is, of course, totally understandable. So we see even the smallest changes in good direction can have really a big negative influence on trust. Once you set the pension system, I think it's, it's good to just leave it, of course, tweak it and evolve it, but really, really carefully and not get too carried away with, you know, because you could have smaller changes every year. And in the end, it just makes things complicated. People don't follow it. Because you need to also know when people join the plan, they pay a bit of attention to what are the conditions, what are the investment options, and so on. And they decide on something, and we see then they are on autopilot. Then until retirement, let's say, there's basically no interaction with members. We see members from our data. We have 55,000 members, most through collective pension plans. They are really, really passive and much more passive than people who on their own decided to save for retirement. 
because this shows that you made a bit more interest that you would save on your own. You have to choose the investment option and so on. If you come through a, a, a corporate pension plan, the employer decided how much he will contribute. Uh, investment options are also defaults in Slovenia. So basically you can have no decisions at all and you start saving in a corporate pension plan. So these members usually until the a month before retirement, they have no communication with the pension plan. They can check their balance online. We, we monitor that, but it's really passive. And the only time that they make any active uh, communication with us is that they get their calculation, how they can draw down their assets. So they ask us for a calculation of all the annuity options and so on. So it's, it's really, really passive. So the main response, I guess, to my question of how you were or the outcome of your master's research and the access to all of the data that you have um, was that you created an app that made it easy to do the calculations, for example, to do with tax. So did you have any tracking of user behavior, contribution rates, sign-up rates, to see if that app had a strong impact? Are there any new functions that you're planning, again, based on research you've done, mm -hmm. psychology research from outside of the firm? Yeah, uh, we didn't just do the app. We basically overhauled our own online account because most of our members were used to, we have an online account for now 12, 13 years in which all the members can check their balance. So we decided to, after that, to hugely upgrade this account and offer features like all members can get a calculation how much income they will have in retirement if they continue to save like this, what tax incentive they can get if they pay a bit more and how that influences their income in retirement. So we really try to educate our members that the outcome they will have in retirement depends on how much they will pay and the investment performance and of course length of the saving so we now tried it in our online account to make it really easy for them to also simulate what if i put 50 euros more every month how will that influence my retirement income if the investment returns if i switch to more dynamic funds how can that potentially influence my outcome in retirement and also just to make them aware how much is, let's say, 50,000 euros? What kind of income will that provide for me in retirement? So this is, a thing also a huge disconnect between most people just pay contributions and they have no idea what kind of income this will provide for them. So I think it's really important to turn around the debate in retirement saving, not just on assets. I have 100,000 euros assets but what kind of income I can get from this. Because end of the day in retirement, I need income. This kind of exercise when we did, and then we also spoke with people and surveyed them in the companies and so on. Some were really dissatisfied and I would say a bit disillusioned because they were under the impression they're going to get a much higher income from what they are paying. And people were saying, I pay regularly 30 euros per month. And they were expecting to get like 300 euros per month until the rest of their life, you know? 
So this kind of just to start talking, just to show the basic numbers, of course, it's all projections and it's all informative, but just to start getting uh, our members the feeling if I contribute 50 euros, I maybe get, I don't know, from 150 to 250 annuity. I won't get 500 euros. Just to get this broad feeling, you know, just general feeling how much income and to turn the debate around income. Because if I have 20,000 euros saved for my retirement, this may sound a lot, but if I convert this to an income, it's just not enough. So I think so, this is a really problematic topic, a sensitive topic, but a much needed one. So basically your answer is an annuity simulator, which does the difficult calculations. So yes. another topic that, that's come up through the interviews we've done is that people find it difficult to, there's no intuitive feeling for growth in curves, which is what compounding is. So I guess your simulator solves that problem for people because it automatically does the compounding growth calculation for them. Is there much discussion in your job or in your professional circle about how to help people gain an intuitive feeling for compound growth? To get them this feeling that their assets are growing, are accumulating because of contributions and the yields and the compounding and to make it as easy as possible for them to get their balance, let's say. So we are doing this via online account um, and we're also having annual statements to all members that we also totally overhauled. So every person gets uh, with regular post their annual statement. And in this annual statement, they have the balance. They have not just in percentages because usually you, know, you tell them we had 6% yield last year, but this doesn't tell you nothing. So we started doing last year, we changed this and we, we put additional calculations. So you have the yield in euros. So each person sees, okay, for me, the yield was 321 euros. And we're also trying to be as transparent as possible. And we also show them all the costs in euros for their account and broken down entry fee, management fee. So we're trying to do this super transparent to gain trust. And also in the long term, I think, because we, we, we discovered people keep those sheets, you know, those statements and compare them year over year, you know. And just by doing this, you know, they are seeing growth, even if they don't use a computer and they don't have graphs. So I think making it this as clear as possible and as easy as possible for all kinds of people, the ones who don't use the computer and the ones who do it, is, I think, a step probably in the right direction because mm -hmm. it's a really tough thing to get them to feel and we also saw it's super important to go to the people in person and explain these tough concepts in in in, in as easy as possible so we have uh, let's say we have around 300 uh, employers who save in our pension fund so we go to all of them every year but not just the management the, the ceos if they allow us we go to also the employees so where employees have certain, um, let's say, annual um, educational things like safety at work or something like that, we go in that uh, educational programs and we have like a half an hour slot and we just every year explain the basics. In your company, you have a saving account. Each of you has a saving account. You can log in here. It's really easy. And we show them how it's done. 
you get the annual statement and we explain to them what the statement is. And we're repeating, repeating every year these things. Mm. So we saw this is the most, I think, important and has the most lasting impact. Because mm. okay. every year I get the same questions. Yeah. What if you go bankrupt? Where are my assets? How is it safe? And if you answer it to them, they're satisfied and then they, they feel good about it. So just doing this every year, every year, I think it's, it has the biggest influence if I would have to name one thing. It's this yeah. going in person to people. We have to do our job here. So we have to ask you at least one tough question. <laughs> you, you said a growth rate of 6%. Do you know the average annual growth rate of your, say, the, the balanced fund or the default fund for your firm since inception? I mentioned we have now life cycle funds for only five years, unfortunately. Uh, before, we had only one fund. And this was a guaranteed fund, a really conservative fund. And all of our members were in this fund. And in this fund, just for a feeling, we needed to guarantee the how much you put in, the equity, and also a minimum annual balance. So these funds were run really conservative, mostly with bonds, uh, governmental or corporate, 10% real estate, 5% uh, equity. And let's say in our uh, pension fund uh, company in the last 21 years, the average yield is 4.1% okay. on this fund. So the really conservative fund, which I think is quite good for a conservative fund. It is. Okay. This was it's a 4.1. Yeah. Yeah. For now, now the last five years, we also have an equity fund and the balanced fund. And here, of course, it's, it's now in the last years, which are quite turbulent. It's, it, it's quite up and down. So it ranges from plus 20 to minus five, let's say, in a year. But averages, we are now 5%, I think, on the balanced pound at 5.5 on the equity one, because we're, it's a bit strange years, the last five years. <laughs> okay, right. So over the past five years, your equity fund's on five and a half. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I like the idea when you described in the app where people could see what the impact was of them contributing extra funds to their retirement savings both the balance and also the amount of income that they could um, live on. It's so true. I think that would actually be a really addictive little app um, for a lot of people. Because I remember when Will and I... Ben and I would never stop using it. <laughs> it, it. It would actually become a problem, I think, because we would, before making any purchase of a slice of bread or whatever it may be, we would you know, add it to the app and work out what does that result in in, in terms of um, extra income in, you know, 20, 30 or 40 years from now. But I remember when Will and I was were having a coffee at a Starbucks in Brisbane a few years ago and he was looking to buy a red uh, sports car, as he always is. Um, and he was... Around, I haven't bought one. <laughs> It was around about, it wasn't an expensive one. It was a second hand. I think it was about $9,000 or $15,000, $20,000. And I said, hang on, you can't buy this car because we're going to compound that XX rate. And, um, you know, you invest that over, I think, 40 years. And you almost dropped your phone when you calculated and saw the number because it came out to something like $9 million over, over that time period. Um, so... That, that just that when you describe that app function, I thought made me remember that time when we had that coffee will and 
just what a powerful um, tool that awareness is. So that's fantastic. Yes. Compounding is crazy. And, and in this app, we also uh, tried to do, we also made an in-house calculation of your public pension. It's not, of course, an official calculation because in the end, we wanted to simulate that the app gives you your private pension. And we also wanted to give you a rough calculation of your public pension. And you count both of them together and compare them to your salary mm. because we wanted to simulate to you the drop. And then you can see, you know, how much you would add to your private pension and you would get to, I don't know, 100% of your salary yeah. or half your salary. So this is, I think, then also important, not just to look at the private pension income alone, standalone, because people will also get a public pension. So I think it's important to count both of them together because mm -hmm. end of the day, you the whole sum is important to you. This is also a feature that we did. And in the future, we hope one day this would be integrated in Slovenia. Now also the institute that pays out public pensions in Slovenia just started making rough uh, online calculations of public pensions that this would be one time, you know, joint. So you would have an official calculation of your future public pension. And then, of course, estimate with various scenarios on top of this of your private pension pot. I, I love that idea. Yeah. I, I, so I want to tie that back. So, sorry, the podcast has gotten to that point now where all the points people make, we can tie back to or expand on what other people said. So we, we interviewed Ross Bentley, who of all things is a racing car coach in Hawaii. Um, and the main point from his interview was people improve their driving performance when they get immediate feedback. Mm -hmm. So what you just said made me think what you could have like a notification or a constantly updated number of the gap in contributions people are making that they need to close in order to keep their annuities equal to their current income and if people were, were confronted with that number every time they opened the app then that and because that number in terms of monthly contributions will be small right i mean yeah. it'll be probably be more than they're currently contributing but if the app can somehow gamify like robin hood um you know with confetti animations and things like that when people you know increase it by just five euros a month and you can say, oh, look, you've closed the gap, you know, by 5%. And, and then people get hormone surges in response to, to the, these rewards and this gamification that, that you've done. And I, I love this concept. It's so provocative to gamify, to turn into a game, this awfully stuffy, boring concept of retirement. That's a really good point you made. And we may use this one day. <laughs> it's because we are thinking now in the next overhaul of our online account, how to make more like that it would spark emotion. And yes. I was also looking at other apps, saving apps that have really good, you know, rewards when you gain a certain goal. Yeah. You have now some apps that say, okay, I will save for my vacation. A thousand euros is the goal. And then I, I show you every month or day in bars or charts that I'm closing in on my goal. So I think we, we should also turn this around to have a goal how much I will get in retirement and then have, yeah, as you said, some, 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 some fireworks where you were in the right direction. Yeah. But what, then, go yeah ahead. You start getting irrational behavior. Yeah. So you could add a competition component yeah. and a league table, and then you'll have truly the most irrational coffee or cafe yeah. conversations ever. You'll have people talking about and competing with each other 
using this app for their pension time and performance. Yeah, you made a really good point. And I think the, the future lies here. Like we now have all the data in the world. You can know how to show it, what to show it. But now I think we need to spike some emotions from this. But you may be uh, uh, interested in this uh, example that we already made in the online account when we gamified uh, something. Because uh, I told you in the end, we combine the public pension calculation and the private pension calculation. And of course, we got initially two numbers. And that's not interesting. And your salary number. So you had three numbers and your salary number. And we told you your total income in retirement, public plus private, will, will, will be 70% of your salary, which just doesn't do anything for you. So we tried it looking how to make this more interesting and to gamify it, as you said. And I saw in one UK found, I don't remember which one now, quite a long time ago, that they gamified this. And we were thinking how to do this. And then we may had an idea, let's turn this into a weather forecast. So now Perfect. in our online account, each member has a weather forecast for their retirement. So if, and then we, we, we made certain brackets. If your total income is below, I don't know, 50, it's a thunderstorm. If it's between 50 and 70, it's cloudy. If it's yeah. 70 to 100, and if it's above 100, this one I love, it's a rainbow. Yeah, it's yeah. like a picture of the rainbow. It's not this super is... animated and super nice, but this, this was the intention. Are there any lifelines? They're what? They're unicorns. No, no. No, any, any, <laughs> any cyclones or hurricanes? Uh, no, this, uh, this not, but we should add it. It was only a storm. <laughs> not a storm. Well, so, well, this relates to, to the next. Oh, um, um, it's amazing you, you mentioned this. It's, it's exactly all the concepts we've come across. Because another one, again, from the second interview with Tom Watts, he mentioned episodic future thinking. So you use your imagination to systematically, for every sense organ that you have as a human, mm -hmm. uh, simulate how the future will be. And so you've done in a slightly playful way using the weather. But just before you mentioned that, I was thinking my next question is going to be to you or suggestion. You know, you could have different um, visualizations like of the type of house the person would have, the type mm -hmm. of car, the neighborhood they live yeah. in, the crime yeah. rate, you know, and you could have like 10 different options based on the contribution rate you made. But you've done it with weather. So it'd be at least the same. Um, it's interesting, the, the same ideas. Yeah, no, I think this is now really how to make this really now interesting, animated. This will be now the next step because we, we made this a few years ago. Now for the next year, we have plans to overhaul it now with new technology being enabled. And we really now also in the meantime, we're trying as hard as possible to get uh, most of our members to use the online account because I think for the future, it's a super interesting portal and connection with the members the online account of a pension fund or the app. So I think these are super important channels for, for the future, for the younger workforce, this will be the main channel. And I think really working here, studying here also, as you said, yeah, taking concepts from other industries that have maybe pioneered this years ago and, and apply it to retirement saving and investing. I think this is, and also to, to package it nicely. This is a thing then this, if we're honest, insurance and the retirement industry isn't known as the most cutting edge you know in design in using certain things gamification 
So these are all, all, all things that were looked out a bit down on, but I think are super important that we, we go in them and implement them. Yes, it's totally. a long time period. Compounding has a long time to work in a retirement fund or saving context. So the outcomes can be astronomical if you apply all of these cutting edge ideas. Ben was talking about um, how people could sort of think laterally with your annuity simulator, the calculator from your, your website. And he was saying how people could put in, you know, a proposed amount that they'd like to spend today and see the impact at the time of retirement um, of that proposed spending amount. So that's kind of the basis for a, an app that we were thinking of making. I, I even came up with a name for it called Bud. And my idea was having actually on, on in an app on your on your watch, it could flash up for you every time you go shopping or if you want to buy a pair of sneakers. If you want to buy an Apple Watch, <laughs> the app will automatically calculate using the compounding rate of your pension fund what the Apple Watch actually costs at the time of retirement. Yeah. I think I spent $680 on my Apple Watch. I think I bought it secondhand. But the, the compounded cost of it at retirement, effectively the amount that I am denying myself. Your future at, self, yeah. Yeah, was something like $600,000, $700,000. Yeah. Like, again, that's the concept of immediate feedback from Ross Bentley. And it's, putting, it's making a nice modern gamified app on your watch, right? So it's in your face every time you want to spend something you know, even when you go and buy fuel you fill up fuel for your car i think there's enormous power in putting the compounded cost of something so that's giving the 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 retirement date amount that you could accumulate giving it the full expression in the present oh that's a super interesting idea and make the app i think it's it's a super just to show people because most people aren't really aware of this and as you said if you show yeah. them there their potential, what they're yeah. missing in like yeah. 30 years. I mean, this is yeah. all the difference. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't spend anything. Either with my wife would kill me if I would use the app because it would be like, you know, second yeah. glass of wine, you know, I don't think so. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, but I think just if you realize the basics and you sometimes don't buy the red car, you know, it's, yeah. I think, enough because you don't have to be frugal like everybody. Just on the big things or or as you said ask yourself if i need a new apple watch or can i buy a second hand just yeah. the difference if if this app just helps you, you know downgrade or 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 buy a second hand i think yeah. just to get the general public aware of this and i also think this should be a major topic in schools starting yes. from high schools you know i've got now two kids six and nine and I try to push this concept as early as possible. And my wife was so, so shocked one day because my son, who is now nine, when he was eight years old, and you know, one time we had a delivery and it, it needed to be paid by cash and we don't have any cash at home, never. And my, my son has it because he, he's saving up, you know, and my wife said, okay, Liam, uh, can you lend me the 50 euros? I need to pay this. And he gave her. And then when she came back, he said, yes, but you need to pay me back more because my dad <laughs> told me what is interest. He was shocked that I turned our, our eight-year-old son into, you know, a, a, a terrible That's guy. You know? <laughs> and I said, no, this is a life lesson. It's like if, if you learn something, you know, this is interest. So I tried to teach him what is interest, you know. And the concept is really easy. If I lend you money, you need to... Uh, 
pay me back more. And, and the thing that is uh, more is the interest, you know? So th this is not taught in schools. And I think if our kids would be taught this from a younger age on certain concepts and, and, and make it interesting, I think then the general public would be slowly more aware of this great concept. All right, so we're getting to the end. So I have to ask you, uh, indulge in one philosophical question. Are we talking about the power of time? Yeah, in this case, I think time is time is time can work really well for us if you use it wisely and it can uh, crush us. If we're basically ignorant of this concept, it, I think, from a younger age, it can have a big influence if you will live a well life or, or not. Because I, uh, I read one really great English uh, uh, saying, and it's, I think, most people don't plan to fail in life. Most people just fail to plan. So I think this time concept here, just being aware of this, and then you can plan it. And, and also, I think, just being able to, yes, not buy always that new Apple Watch and, and buy a used one, but you need to be aware of the cost in this thing. So I think if your parents gave you this knowledge or the school or the environment, I think this is a life lesson that we really de determine, not just your well retirement, but your well life. Because end of the day, we're now heading probably in the next recession, there's I don't know, power shortages or whatever. You will sleep better if you have some money saved up your daily life will be much better knowing that you have some cushion, some emergency fund. And, and I also see it from our data, how much you have the income isn't, doesn't influence so much how much you will save. Of course, somebody making minimum wage can save very toughly on their own, but people above it from the average to the most uh, uh, CEO with the most income their saving rates are, 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 it's more of personal traits than the income. So I think this is really a trait that we can learn, others can learn. And if we have yeah, also apps that, that we have talked about today or ideas, this can really be a game changer for people and improve their lives massively. Just harboring, as you said, this time concept of time and compounding. I think this can have a huge influence on the quality of lives of you and your family. Mm. Oh, that's a really lovely message. Ben, have you got any final remarks? If people go to your blog and they read it, are there any particular areas of the blog you think that they should go to or interesting anecdotes that you, you have in the blog? The main point is that each blog entry has a certain lesson. Let's say I try to keep it really simple. I compared saving pensions with the movie Don't Look Up, you know, when there, there's a comet coming to crush the earth and nobody cares about it, you know. Yeah. It's just, you know, trying to use some everyday metaphors to get a message out, as you said, compounding this example, that the other one. So I think just, just uh, reading it and being open to it. And then each of us, I think just to, you know, Nobody will change their life around because of one reading, one blog or one article. But if you will have one small change, I think that's a goal enough. Small changes, because big changes are really tough, but just small changes. And this can make all the difference in the world. That's another really, really positive message. Well, it's been a great chat with you, Ziga, and nice to get to know someone from Slovenia, a beautiful country, great place to ride a bicycle through if anybody's <laughs> looking for a place to have a, a nice holiday. Cool. For sure. Cool.
yeah, let's keep in touch. Uh, what's the uh, URL for the blog, at least, and any other ways to contact you? www.irrationalretirement.com. And then there's also all of my contacts. And I'm also on uh, Twitter and LinkedIn with my name and last name and also my blog. So if you Google me, you'll find me. <laughs> Great. That'll all be in the show notes. And yeah, lovely to stay in touch. Um, there's a huge overlap between our projects and professional life. Super, really. Let's uh, stay in touch, exchange ideas. And if I have some interesting things that I think it may be interesting to you, I'll just share it, you know, via email and so on. And you can just have it. So when we also update our account, you'll be the first guy to know about it. Well, Thanks, you guys. Thank you.